Thanks for listening to another podcast episode of Complex Identities. This is your host, Juan Marcos Bejarano Gutierrez. Yesterday, I started reading a book on Scottish history, of all things. And I found a quote which I thought was amazing that I wanted to share with the audience. The author, Neil Oliver, states the following. History is the collective memory we can use to start the book at the beginning, to understand the emergence of the characters and plots we share our own few lines with. How can we fail to be fascinated by history when we are all of us, its survivors? To live at all is miracle enough, said Mervyn Peake, and it is history that explains the mystery of how any of us are even walking the earth. Without that understanding, we are adrift like goldfish in a bowl, condemned to greet every moment of the present with wide-eyed surprise. We can easily apply this amazing quote to our task in this podcast. Our goal, of course, is to understand the relationship between Judaism and Christianity, or between Jews and Christians in antiquity, and to understand the delineations between their respective identities and how many groups, in fact, seem to overlap these assumed and clearly defined entities. And one of the ways that we're doing that is by looking at a particular community, the community that authored the Clementine literature. The Clementine literature, as we noted yesterday, comprises primarily of the Clementine recognitions and the Clementine homilies. And both of these texts provide alternative sources or visions of the events that are recorded in the New Testament book of Acts. Both texts convey one view along a broad spectrum of Jewish and Christian thought. Now there's a second text which is of interest to us and perhaps we'll dig into that a little bit deeper in the future. It's called the Dada Scalia Apostolorum, the teaching of the apostles. This text in contrast to the recognitions and the homilies takes a very different perspective on one key issue and that is the continued observance of the Torah for Jews and non-Jews. Its relevance to our discussion lies in the simple fact that it seems to be addressed as a corrective letter to a passionately Torah-observant community that also supported or ascribed to the Messianic claims that were assigned to Jesus. The author of this work, the Didascalia Apostolorum, was very much opposed to that type of lifestyle. Despite this, The benefit that we have in having such a text is that it acknowledges the existence of such communities even at a relatively late stage in antiquity because the text itself was written sometime in the 4th or 5th century. So again, it puts us in the same range as the Clementine literature. Now, in the final forms, the Clementine literature presents a straightforward combination of adherence to two things. The first is the Messianic claims of Jesus And the second is the observance of the Torah. While overall they may not have represented a quote-unquote rabbinic approach to Jewish identity, they nevertheless incorporate many perspectives that are clearly rabbinic. The communities that authored these texts represented a Jewish identity that lay in continuity with the Jewish people's aspirations, identity, and history. For that reason, notwithstanding the assumptions regarding clear delineations between Jews and Christians, the assertion of the scholar Karin Zetterhold 
I believe is true, that they should be deemed as part of the Jewish experience. And we see this in part by the writings of Jewish historians in the 19th century in particular, beginning with Heinrich uh, Gratz, for example, one of the greatest historians or the greatest Jewish historian of the period. Now, the homilies is primarily focused on propagating the idea of the God of Israel to non-Jews. Clement, who we explained yesterday as the story's protagonist, is a non-Jew who accepts the God of Israel and believes in, quote-unquote, the prophet's doctrine. Now, who is the prophet? Well, the prophet is Jesus of Nazareth in the story of the Clementine homilies and the Clementine recognitions. Now, the story itself is accomplished by Clement following Peter along his travels. An emphasis on non-Jews matches a theological understanding that Israel, that is the Jewish people, is a light to the nations. Now, the underlying Jewish worldview behind these texts is visible in the characterization of humanity between Jews and non-Jews. For the author, non-Jews are by default idolaters and succumb to the power of Shadim of demons. The homilies and the recognitions emphasize characteristics that are undoubtedly Jewish. While acknowledging the uniqueness of Jesus, the Clementines see Moses as vital, the Torah as indispensable, and they appreciate the necessity of what we would designate as halachic observance, the observance of the Torah in practical form, in any other context. The Clementines, amazingly, and I think this is one of the most important aspects, assert the continued election of Jews. The homilies emphasize the status of non-Jews who are, quote-unquote, polluted in body and soul. They are oblivious to the Torah, they are lost, and their evil acts make them subject to the authority of demons and hasatan, or Satan. The homilies, however present the non-Jews with an option to escape this predicament. If they forsake Avodah Zarah, if they forsake idolatry, if they accept the God of Israel and observe particular Torah commandments, they are accorded privileges that Jews enjoy. Jews, and the implication being that those who are dedicated to the Torah are shielded from demonic power, is clear. Jews, the homilies contend, are still engaged in the fight against paganism.